welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Happy New Year. It's 2019. I wonder if the people in 1919 felt the same excitement. I always think about stuff like that. Well, welcome to the Tory Sess Show, January 1st, 2019. It's a new year. It's the day that everybody makes resolutions. It's times like this on New Year's Day where people create lists of resolutions. They list things that they would like to change. You know, things such as people want to change are their looks, their partners, the size of their home, their job, their car. Aspire to maybe have children or be a little bit more outspoken or learn how to say no. These are all things that people put together on the list every New Year's Day. Sometimes they do it before that. So every new, as the new year comes, we make this list and we think about it. But what we forget is that change is not instant. It can't occur the minute you put it out there and say, I want this done. You have to work for change. If you want a new house, a bigger house, a bigger car, you have to save for it or increase your income in order to make that wish come to fruition. You want to lose a couple pounds, then you need to put the work into it. Fix your diet and work out, and it's not going to happen from one day to the other. You need work. And the thing is, for some reason, people, in all aspects, and that includes me too, expect that when they put it out there and they say, well, I'm going to do this more or I'm going to do that and fix it, they get discouraged when they don't see Things happen instantaneously. So in order to make something happen, you have to sacrifice time, effort. Sacrifices are what yields success. And we have to remember that when someone sacrifices time, money, efforts, and a lifestyle in order to achieve something, 
it's pretty incredible because how many of you sacrifice some of your time, some of your money, some of your convenience, comforts for someone else? Not for you, but to achieve a goal of something else, something bigger than you. There aren't a lot of us out there that do it. Over 30 years ago, there was a person who would express their frustration publicly, point out what's wrong, point out what needs to be done to fix situations that may or may not have any impact on them. But it surely did have an impact on everyone in their life. And it was at that point where that person, 10 years later, decided to talk about it again and again and again. So for over 30 years, talking about a problem and always saying, you know, I may fix it. And here's where the ultimate sacrifice comes in. When you're at that stage in life where you've put in your time, you've raised your kids, you've worked, one slip in the bathtub and it's a death sentence the minute you crack your hip, that period of time, you know, over 65, and specifically for this person over the age of 70, to decide to wage war against an enemy so embedded into everything, so global, it makes you think, why would anyone do that? Why would anyone sacrifice the last years of their life to get ridiculed, mocked, to live in constant fear of looking over their shoulder, to literally be belittled by people he is trying to help. And also, by the, by the people that acknowledged his sacrifice, to be told he's not doing it fast enough. So this New Year's Day... I urge everyone to remember that change does not happen overnight. Because when foundations have been laid for over a hundred years, with a two decade plan of a rollout, you have to think this can't happen overnight. We just can't. This new year, we should be very grateful that we still have a, a man in office willing and proud to have sacrificed all these things for us. And acknowledge that change cannot happen overnight. And the past two years were simply, simply the prelude and the preparation for change. 
Like I said yesterday on my show, we're going to see a lot of resignations. And yesterday, the last day of 2018, we saw two very important resignations, two groups, I guess, because two locations. So we had the spokesperson for the Pentagon resign. And we also had the spokespeople for the Vatican resign. And one of them that was there used to be a Fox News correspondent. And they were fired or resigned pretty quickly. It's funny how they became spokespeople. And shortly after, all this is coming out of what's going on in the Catholic churches. Who knows? Maybe they were fired for trying to save children. Who knows? Nobody knows. All we do know is that we're seeing a lot of resignations and a lot of changes throughout the world. 2019 is going to be that year where we see the change. where we will see things so incredible that all of us that have been waiting for years, decades, or just months to see something happen, actually see it happen and still can't believe it's happening. Because when people realize just how big this war is, so big you can't fathom it. And I thought today, being the new year, we could touch upon that. Because for some reason, we believe that Russia is the enemy. They're not. We believe that North Korea is the enemy. They're not. It's the D.C. mafia who believe, and the globalists, who believe that they're smarter than those that have for centuries commanded a big portion of land on this planet with ultimate control. That nation that has built the wall that you can see from space. And for those of you that don't know, I had the experience to learn what it's like to try to do business in China during an assignment at one of my positions at work years ago. Did you know that you cannot, if you're a financer, let's say you're a bank, and you want to create a mutual fund with Chinese stocks, you can't unless the government allows you to You can't even have an office. It's only called a sales rep office. So, you know, big organizations like, I don't know, Deutsche Bank, you know, the one that was just recently raided, that attempted to open up lots of sales rep offices. In order for them to do business there, they had to make sure that everything went through the Chinese government. And when President Trump says, well, I know China, I've had relations with President Xi, et cetera, et cetera, he knows how things work. 
If the government does not want you to do business, I don't care how awesome your business is. I don't care how productive it would be for China. Nobody will care. Because if you don't wine and dine them, and if they don't like you or respect you, you will get nowhere with China. And the one thing the Chinese do is respect President Donald J. Trump. They respect him. And that is where we've won 25% of the battle. These trade wars are just cards we can use against them because they're smart. The Chinese are very smart. They have not been around for centuries, dominating in population and landmass size and conquering empires of the past for playing nice or fair. This is the war of intellectual property that is going to explode in 2019 and will be distracted with criminals of this D.C. mafia being arrested. Appointments for Supreme Court, maybe even the removal of the chief justice of the Supreme Court. All of these things, all these criminals that have been operating, working, and functioning against us, those that underestimated the Chinese. All of them will be held accountable in the next two years. We will crush the global economy by flipping it on its head, by making sure that our dollar matters, that it is backed. That's something the Chinese didn't see coming. You know, they've been planning this. Any of you heard of BRICS? That's a separate type of economic organization, but, you know, we'll talk about that later, like maybe around March when it's more relevant. For now, all you need to know is that 2019, starting today, there are a lot of changes, a lot of people that have been boxed in by their own doings. These big tech companies that have willingly sold you, and I repeat, sold you to the Chinese. (laughs) Now, I've talked about this before. I've talked about something called artificial intelligence, and unfortunately, people seem to think that artificial intelligence means robots. You know, that artificial intelligence is that box that you find at McDonald's now that replaced the cashier so you can place your order. That's not artificial intelligence. That's a machine. Artificial intelligence is based on you. I have me in person, alive in the flesh, that you meet, that you greet, and that you talk to. And then there's a version of me on the internet That is not only me, but whatever you think of me and he thinks of me and anything else someone can manufacture and tack on to me. That is my AI Tory. 
Artificial intelligence, unfortunately, has been made, has, people have been mis, I would say, mis, they've misunderstood the concept of it. They think that artificial intelligence is when a robot becomes smart. And they're two separate things. There's the machine for the output and the machine for the input, but the processing is the key. You know, as we see that we're using machines to execute tasks for us, you know, someone has to program them. Every time you go into Google and you search, that's programming it. That's, you know, every word you put in there, every phrase you put in there, every click you do trains it, teaches it. It's like this database that can't stop learning. And it predicts now. That's another thing. As you type, it predicts. And when you see what you're looking for populated, it means that there's a lot of people around the world looking or have looked for what you're looking at now. That's what artificial intelligence is. It's the point where your persona online, your searches, your emails, your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, your Snapchat, your Telegram, your everything, your Gab, everything all rolled into one is you. That is your digital you. Well, just so you know, the biggest war we're fighting is that the Chinese, who are great at technology, as we all know, it seems like We initiated this whole technology revolution in the United States, but they've taken it to the next level. People joke about the Chinese being so good at technology because it's all mathematics. And damn bottom line is everything on this planet, any topic you wish to discuss, psychology, biology, chemistry, everything comes down to mathematics. It's ones and zeros. And these people figured it out and they realized how to develop it. And they know that their population, which is, like I've said, not very diverse. You know, remember how I said that if we have a room with 10 people that are diverse, you get a problem and you can solve it one million different ways. But if you have a room of people that are very similar, you are bound to get maybe one solution and that could take a while. Well, that's what China is. China is that room with people that think in similar fashions, that accept similar things, that abide by similar laws and traditions and norms, right? And so the Chinese realized that they cannot problem solve with just the AI information they collect from the billions of people that live within their country. So they expanded about 20 years ago. They offered cheap manufacturing in exchange to be able to slide in a couple of things to collect our data. And your data and my data... Our searches, your kids' searches, your mother's searches, everybody's searches have been taken. So it's like a piece of you has been taken by the Chinese. Your intellectual property. Intellectual property is 
something that comes from the work, this is how it's defined, of a mind or an intellectual. So President Trump, when he keeps talking about intellectual property, people are just not getting it. You're two people. You are you in the tangible world and your AI profile in that matrix, your digital you, and China has stolen you. That's basically where we're getting at. Trade wars, that's just to hurt them. That's just to hold it hostage so that way we can figure out how we're going to fix this, how we can put measures up to prevent what the plan was. Because remember, the Chinese for centuries and even today operate the same as they did five, six, ten thousand years ago with one thing in mind. Their way is the right way and the empire is the way to go and honor is what more what is more important. Remember yesterday I talked about how people evolve how uh, societies and civilizations change and how the cabal is using our evolution, our uh, social evolution against us, demasculating men, masculinizing women to the point where now there are no genders apparently. I mean, this is obviously going to boomerang in their face. We're going to see men, and we're seeing it now, even from those fluffy, granola-munching people that claim peace, beards are back in, lumberjacks, hotness, you know, big buff men are coming in. We're going to see a lot of that. And we're going to see a lot of lipstick going around, which is pretty cool. I actually really like the fashion of the 30s, 40s, and early 50s. Classy and owning what you are. If you're gay, own it. If you're straight, own it. If you don't know what you are, I don't know what to tell you. Where are your parents? The thing is, the Chinese love the fact that we are so deviant to our nature because they collect all this and create weapons that you would not be able to, to comprehend sock puppets, what they call bots. How susceptible are people to that? Tons of them. And you know what? It's not just on social media where they pop in and throw in two cents to instigate, you know, conversation or, um, chastise you. We're talking sock puppets and bots on your television. You know, I really appreciate the people on social media that put compilations of the day's news showing each news station repeating the same words. Chaos. Wheels are coming off. Boxed in. All of them find talking points that they reiterate. That's what a bot is. Practice makes perfect, right? Well, their practice is to make you think a certain way. And do you think that the Russians really hacked? No, they didn't. Because it's not in their culture for dominance. They're content with their own stuff. The only nation on the planet that isn't content with themselves, well, there's two. 
Turkey, which nobody wants to play with, right? They're just like, they have no identity. The Islamic arc of the Middle East doesn't want them. The European Union doesn't want them. And they're made up of Kurds, Armenians, and Greeks. I mean, they don't even have an identity. The Ottomans don't. So that's that. They're just a country that nobody wants to play with. You know, they just, you know, switch sides. It's that kid in school, you know, that's kind of like drifting from group to group. But China, on the other hand, has always had one thing in mind, which is complete domination. Because they still follow archaic values. Yes, they've evolved. They don't bind feet all over China. Yes, they've evolved. Women can work. But they always did because we always know that women empresses were always in charge. So they never had a problem with the whole gender thing of who's more powerful unless you were a concubine or a woman of non-noble descent, okay? They acknowledge that women are amazing and just as equally amazing as men. But the one thing they had is dominance. World dominance. And that hasn't changed. And the fact that if they don't respect you, they will run you over. And for the past almost 15 years, we've been run over because the the globalists thought they were smarter. They thought they were smarter than people that have been around longer than them than their group, than their society. No, these people have been around. And when you build a wall you can see from space, you better know that adversary is one to put up with. See you all in a few because the break's up now. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities. that You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 729-78. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. Okay, and welcome back. So, as we were saying in regards to China and artificial intelligence, it is January 1st, and I want you guys to look at 2019 differently. Think of the actual wars being fought. You know, we think that what the globalists have in mind, this uh, complete dominance, right, that they're in charge because look at what they've done, right? They've pretty much made many countries bow down to them, work for them. The evil atrocities that they commit against children, against people just because they're not one of them. You know, we all know the stories of how they treat commoners, right? They're evil. And they will be held accountable because that's what happens in the end. But they've underestimated China. They said, well, we'll be at such a point that we can take them out when they become a threat, a real big threat. Because we're using them to execute our goals. This is what they're thinking. But that's not how it works. Think about it this way. Imagine you were brought into a coliseum to fight. And someone tells you to choose your opponent. And you see this guy who's, I don't know, 25 years old, built like a juggernaut, wearing, you know, this big, you know, steel, super, you know, just think Hulk, right? And then you see this average-looking man, but he's been fighting in that ring and hasn't died for thousands of years. Which opponent will you pick? Because he looks smaller, you don't feel intimidated, but the fact that he's been in the same place, the fact that he's built the wall you can see from space, the fact that his borders haven't really shifted, that doesn't phase you? The new guy? 
with the big muscles and the blood dripping and, you know, all these spikes coming out of his head fears you? No. It's a guy that's been around for very, very long and been consistent with their progress and their domain. That is who you fear. And if we notice, the first thing our president did was go and approach this warrior that wishes for world dominance. They don't want to play. They don't want to be part and cooperate and work in harmony. No, they've never done that for thousands of years. And you know, people say people change. Yeah, but not that much. Unless they're forced to. So our president has been, imagine just how many fronts he's fighting on right now. He's fighting on the local front for the abuse and the torment and the torture as citizens that we have sustained from these, you know, these people that think that they're stronger and better than that guy who's been in the ring for a thousand years and hasn't fallen. He went and made friends with old factions of their empire, right? South Korea, North Korea, Japan. Because the bottom line is, think about it. If we ever went to war, do you think that North Korea, South Korea, and Japan will choose the Western world as, as opposed to side with the Chinese? With the Chinese that they have thousands of years of history with, either that be good or bad. It's kind of like a street fight, right? You've grown up with a bunch of kids, you know, friends, since you were like five, no, zero years old. You guys grew up together, fought, steal, you know, uh, stolen from each other, stole each other's girlfriends, boyfriends. You've got history there, good and bad. And then this new group comes in onto the block and picks a fight with one of them. A guy that you may not like. A guy that you may not see eye to eye, but you've got history together, right? There were times where you guys played with Legos, right? There were times where you rejoiced together in victories against other, you know, bullies that came to your block, right? In 2019, what what we all should be doing is taking a step back and looking at all these fronts, but looking at the biggest war that is available uh, for us to see and how we can conceive it. Because one is the nefarious part of things. This plan to enslave every man, woman, and child on this planet. But that's child's play compared to what they've planned. And you know what? Here's the thing. We need to ensure that we eradicate these globalists from any positions of power across the board because maybe now they see the problem with China. Now that our president has made it very apparent. Artificial intelligence is very scary. We have a candidate that's running, that's promoting it. 
that's promoting automation, a guy named Yang, and I'll, and I'll do a full segment on this guy. I'll even ask him to maybe come on my show at some point. I mean, they like publicity, whatever. But the point of the matter is this guy is promoting universal wages, promoting taxes to companies that want to use robots or artificial intelligence uh, so that way those taxes will give you the universal wage since you can't get a job because robots and artificial intelligence has replaced it. This guy is named Yang. Where does he hail from? Oh, that click, that ancient centuries-old click. Do you see what I'm trying to say? China at this moment is experiencing a slowdown on their growth. And it's, and it's causing a rift. They offered their, their, their land, their, their people, their uh, lower skilled workers to work for us, to manufacture things for us at a cheap rate. Hey, America, don't worry about it. You don't have to make it there. Raise your taxes. You give me the work. I'll give you the product at a really cheap price. And, you know, that's good. And, you know, these globalists were like, yep, because what are they? A couple billion people. That's okay. We're going to be the rest of the world against them and we'll take them out. Well, no, that's not how it works. When you're dependent on the technology that they build for you, they can destroy you faster than you can blink. They can press that delete button faster than you can say delete. All they need is a controlled EMP to kneel civilizations instantly. You know, if you actually could stand on the moon and look down and see geopolitical situations, you'd see what a hot mess our planet is. People are fighting amongst each other instead of living in harmony together. And it sounds really fruity what I'm saying, but you don't have to open your borders to live in harmony. It's kind of like your neighborhood. You don't have to have your front door removed to live in harmony with your neighbors. You do your thing, you live in your house, you decorate your house, you cook in your house, sleep in your house, do whatever you want in your house. And sometimes y'all come around for a block party outside where you socialize. You all come together to do something great. You all come together to help that neighbor that's losing their house or, you know, that suffered a loss or come together to fix the broken roof of the other person because it's just the right thing to do because you look after your neighbors. Doesn't necessarily mean you own your neighbors. Doesn't mean that you have to allow any neighbor to walk into your house. This is how simple it is. If you break it down, that is the, the, the thought process. That is what would be ideal for prosperity, progress, and harmony is that everyone decides at some point, I'm okay with being American. I'm okay with being Mexican. I'm okay with being, you know, French. I don't have to be a European. I don't have to be a global citizen. I'm okay just being French. And we make the best damn baguettes there are. And we're so proud of it. And we have this history and that history. And we speak like this. And, you know, we really don't have... You know, you'll speak to us in English and we'll respond in French. That's just because we're French and we're proud of it. What happened to being proud of who you are? That is key because once you are no longer proud from where you come from, you have no identity and therefore anyone can tell you what identity you should have. And this is where we're at today. And that works for the benefit of who? The only country that actually knows their identity. The only country that is stuck by their identity for centuries 
Do you know that China has one of the most strongest firewalls there is? So if you wanted to penetrate the Chinese internet, it'd be super, super hard. China is the digital enemy, and uh, people don't seem to understand that. And the problem is, is that the Chinese people have been so exposed to Western civilization that they agree with Western notions. They agree that we should all be proud and work together in, and, and, and individually compete. Healthy competition, right? Healthy competition. We don't run, you know, you're not going to run a race against someone that has no legs, right? Healthy competition. They believe that. And that is where, you know, the Chinese may decide with pressure from North Korea, South Korea, and Japan, to kind of be like, well, why not? Why go for this dominance? I mean, that's like centuries old. We've evolved as human beings. This is what President Trump is doing. He's, he's telling him, look, that's not the way to go. Because at some point you'll get world dominance and then you're going to collapse. That's history. That's the way it is. We have to find a perfect medium. That is a saying from the ancient Greeks that says everything in moderation. The real war, the big war, is that with China. They are the enemy. But President Trump is trying to tell them you don't have to be the enemy. You can stop. You can reverse whatever you're doing. We don't have to go that route. Because he's not going to be here after 10 years or 20 years. But his kids are and his grandkids are, right? He's concerned about those. That is what he's concerned Just as I am concerned about my children and their children. They don't have to go that route. And this is what he's trying to do. See, that's the huge war. The little war is that you're having these globalists who underestimated China, empowered them to that point, who are still controlling and they're clawing and holding on with whatever they can. But if you actually look within the past two years, what President Trump has done, and like I've said, through his executive orders, you'll see that he's kind of spanked the D.C. mafia, these these corrupt, this corrupt cabal that is running our country and other countries into place. He's whipping them slowly into place. He's using the laws of the land and then obviously tweaking the laws of our military to put them in their place and remove them for places from places of power because like i've said if you don't pull the weed out by the root it's just going to grow back so he's doing that and while he's doing that and trying to remove our country from meddling with other countries slowly and saying that is not in our interest to show what china by example how things can get better To be honest with you, I think that the only real allies we have are the countries that are fed up with this um, tug of war, the globalists against, you know, the the Far East. They're tired of it. The Saudis, the Russians, they're tired of war. At some point, your country gets tired. It's incredible if you see how many arrests have happened. You'll see that 
we have been attacking the Chinese since President Trump has been office. We have arrested spies. Some of their spies have committed suicide. Our double agents have been arrested. People that have worked for us that were in China, planted in China, after they left, have been expatriated. They, they came back home to the United States, and they're sitting in cells. You know, a lot of people don't see just how many fronts of war are happening right now. That is the biggest one. The one that you don't see, the one that people keep complaining about, soybeans and and intellectual property. People don't even know what intellectual property means. Oh, what? Did they steal designs of the iPhone? No. They've actually altered them just slightly. One thing of code. One little gold connection on the chip. Just a slight little movement where they can collect all your information to help build the weapon that they're going to use against the rest of the world when they want to or when they have to. See, that's what happens when you underestimate your enemy. And the thing is, the cabal knows that the Chinese are their enemy. They know it. But they think that they're smarter again. Like I said, they think, well, if we have the numbers, how are you going to have the numbers? You think that if Hillary Clinton was president and we were going to war with China, people would get behind Hillary Clinton? No. We'd be like, I'm not fighting. No one would join the military. We'd be drafted and we'd be running away, you know, claiming asylum in other countries. You know, no one would fall behind her. No one would fall behind that. But remember, President Trump had dinner in the Forbidden City. That has never happened before. But you know, that's not important. Trump, bad man, right? He wants to grab women by the... Eh. That's, that's what people focus on, stupid stuff. They're not listening. And it's done on purpose because for some reason, the mainstream media decides that it's not important enough. Not important enough that there's a country that actually has a countdown clock. I've actually witnessed it once over a decade ago where they literally have a countdown clock and they cheer to see the debt of the United States going up. I kid you not. So we are under attack on all levels, spiritual, local, domestic, global, you name it, technology, whatever. Both of your entities as a person, your artificial intelligence and your actual tangible self are under attack daily and by various groups. And this is what he's fighting for. How do you fix that though? When they're so deeply embedded into things, How do you fix it? How do you fix being infiltrated by ones and zeros in every phone, computer, television, radiator, fridge? How do you compete with those ones and zeros that are there collecting your information to use against you in the future? Collecting your fears, 
your want, your wishes that you put out there every time you search. Kind of like, you know, that everyone's talking about bird box, right? Okay. So bird box is, uh, the whole theme of it is that you see an entity and it knows your worst nightmares and that's how it takes you out. Well, how many of you understand that everything you watch on TV, every time you open up your smart fridge and you drink uh, whatever it is that you like to drink, orange juice, mango juice, whatever it is, your habits, how you cook on your stove, you know, from smart stoves, how you wash your clothes from your smart washing machine, how you watch TV and what you stream, what you search, what you text, what pictures you take, all that stuff is you. It's an extension of you, a more collective and more personal picture of you, right? Because someone that knows you, that has lived with you for 40 years, still can't really put a great picture about you. You know, even though they'll know your habits, they'll know that when you stir your coffee in the morning, you'll just put the spoon on the counter and it pisses them off, right? But that is just one part of you. But when you have a system that can see you put that spoon on the counter, they can hear you talk, they can see what coffee you purchased, how you made it, because your coffee machine, you know, you're doing it from your phone and you know just how you like it. That is the most detailed picture of you. Your AI footprint is the most detailed. And a lot of people be like, whoa, this is really scary. It is. But on the other hand, it's the way we've evolved as people. The thing is, how do we not allow people to train it as a weapon against you? Because this is bird box. This is them collecting everything they know about you and then using it against you, which, uh, you know, the cabal has obviously flirted with that idea. But there's only one country that's actually making the weapons for it. They're literally using it against their citizens now with their social scores. Where, you know, you start off with like, I don't know, 100 points, 1,000 points. And then if you do good stuff and some CCTV camera catches you doing good stuff, you get points. But if you jaywalk, you get deducted points. And the more deducted points you get, the less stuff you have access to. You can't book to eat at certain restaurants. You're not allowed to fly on the airplane, only take a train. And then if you're really crappy, you can only, you know, book on the back of a freight train. Like that's what they're doing. They're using all this information about you against you. If you buy five video games, looks like you're spending a lot of time procrastinating on that Xbox. I think you need to be deducted points. You could just be buying them for gifts for five different people, but the camera doesn't know that. They just see your behavior. And, you know, maybe they'll see you hand it over and maybe give you back a few points. That's how it works. That is the biggest weapon. Because what's the saying? What do we know? What have we learned from even religion? What is hell? Hell is where we use guilt or things that we've done against ourselves, right? That's what they say. That in hell you will, you know, repent for everything you did because you'll just be living in the guilt of doing these things. So picture it as a way of your guilt coming at you for, I don't know, watching too much porn or, you know, lying to your friend about feeling sick to not go out for drinks. You know, it's stupid things, little things, little things that this AI profile of yours already knows. They know 
every time you've lied to your boss about going into work. They know how many times you purchased that whiskey. They know because you're using it. You're using your card. That all feeds into one thing that creates a profile of you. And, you know, that's personal. That's your intellectual property, right? That's you. It feels weird if you think it's your government. Remember what Reagan said? What did he say? The day that you hear, hi, I'm the government and I'm here to help, and you feel fear, is the day we've lost our country. How many, how many people who've done nothing wrong, if they get on knock on the door from law enforcement, literally crap their pants? Because we don't trust them. Because guess what? They have access to the most personal portion of you. That portion of you that is that was always inside, in your soul, in your heart, in your mind, that you didn't share with everyone else. They can pretty much see it from what you buy, from what you eat, from how you walk, when you wake up, what music you listen to, how you shop, all these things. That is the biggest weapon anyone can use against you is knowing you. What's the key thing to winning a war is knowing thy enemy. The Chinese have been so smart. They have been learning their enemy, which is everybody, right? Because that's the way it is. It's cultural. And, you know, you can like it, dislike it, you know, kind of like I say. In, in Saudi Arabia, women are second-class citizens. Women are slaves. A man can have 20 wives. They could get beaten. It's okay. It's, it's cultural. You don't have to agree with it, but that's their thing. They've been doing it for eons. You're not going to go in there and just change it because you want to. Just like we can't go into China and change things. We can't change their mind and say we can live in harmony. But guess what? Donald Trump is trying. That president is trying every day to stop something that once is unleashed, that is Pandora's box. The minute you have a weapon that can use everything they know about you against you, because that's the way the government works, right? Look what Mueller's doing. Think about it. Think about it. And I'm really grateful that 2019 starts off on this note of realization, of understanding what President Trump is really doing. And while we head off into this break, before we start the second half of the hour, we'll talk about a a vice rear admiral dying and not a lot of people talking about it. You know, he got about a suicide. I want you to just think about it. Imagine if someone was using you against yourself. They'd totally win. I'll see you in a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. news.
Real news. Standing at the colonnade of the White House, right next to the Oval Office, and I just want to wish you a very, very happy New Year. It's going to be a great year. Complicated, but great. People make it overly complicated, actually. But I will tell you, there has never been an administration, and I'm very proud of this, that's done more than the Trump administration in the first two years of office. Our economy is doing great. Wages are rising for the first time in many, many years. People are getting more money. They're working one job instead of two or three. Also, we're working on new trade deals. We made a deal with Mexico. We made a deal with Canada. We made that deal with South Korea. Everybody said that couldn't happen. We terminated the horrible one-sided Iran nuclear deal. Then you look at North Korea. We're doing really well. Rockets aren't being fired. Missiles aren't being fired. We're in no rush. We moved our embassy to Jerusalem in Israel. I promised it, and I did it. We're doing so well as a country. We need, however, borders. You don't have borders, you don't have a country. We don't want drug traffickers or human traffickers or illegal people with criminal records to come in. Our Border Patrol, our ICE agents, our military, we've done great. But you can never do it perfectly unless you have a wall. So we have to have a wall as part of border security, and we're working on it. We've had a great two years. I'm working hard for you. I'm fighting for you. We're going to win. We're going to win all the way. We're going to win at everything we do. So happy new year, and let's enjoy the next year, and then we're going to enjoy the following year, and then we have four more, and everything is going to be so beautiful. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic new year. And that was a president from the mess. That was a message from the president uh, that I thought I should start with. Because he tells you everything you need to know. He's moving along. He's creating trade deals. He needs that wall more so to stop feeding this cabal with the uh, networks they have to collapse our country from the inside because then it's easier to control, of course. We see that. It's happened in Europe. They flooded it with migrants to strip away every single identity of every single state in that conglomerate called the European Union that abides under one flag, that has one supreme law, and has leaders they don't even elect. And it's easier for them to gain control when there's chaos within. Because while you're busy fighting the illegal immigrant that's killing you, shooting up your neighborhood, they're busy creating the networks and the platforms they need to control you when you're done being distracted. And right now, like I've said, the cabal is a big problem. The globalists are a big problem. Because they're a really big distraction to the ultimate war that we need to fight. And not war with missiles, but discussion to deter what is to come because everything can be predicted. You know, I get a lot of messages. Wow, you knew that. Well, if you pay attention, you know, and you put it in and plug it into some math problem, it's pretty much going to give you a great problem. This is why we have math. It can tell you with precision plus or minus some you know points of deviation 
what the outcome will be. And like I've said before, the problem with uh, determining and creating math models to predict politics, to predict uh, a civilization's outcome, is very difficult because even if you treat the human, a human being, as a node, it's still chaotic because they're unpredictable. And this is what artificial intelligence is. Artificial intelligence is collecting this information from you to feed into a system with everybody else so that way it could be more predictable. Do you see what I'm getting at? The more data you have, the more sound your plan or your rollout will be because you will have a smaller array of deviation. So 2019, it is incredible. And like you said, we've got two more years of battle and then it'll be great. Because what we need to do is annihilate this cabal. And what we do need is a border wall. And it's not just to stop the internal collapse with the drugs and with the, with the migrants that have criminal records, as he says. Because, you know, they're not sending their best. You don't see the guy with the MBA or the medical degree running from Honduras, you know, through your border. Because he wouldn't have to run through. He could just apply. He knows that. You're not getting that guy. You're getting the gorilla. You're getting the trained assassin. You're getting the drug dealer, the low-level and the high-level drug dealers. Those are who you're getting through your borders. It would be interesting to see if we actually evaluated all these migrants that came by, checked their education, checked their jobs, their criminal records. Pretty much I can bet my life on the fact that none of them will be productive citizens in our country if they weren't in theirs. And you could say, well, their countries are a hot mess. Well, Honduras isn't that bad. I mean, look at Venezuela. Their government is fighting their government. They're just like literally split in two factions. They're eating from garbage, and the people don't know who they can go to. They don't know if they're going to the right government person. Will they disappear if they tell the wrong person? And will they and their family disappear? Like just completely carve them out as if they never existed. That's fear. Honduras, really? Colombia, really? Costa Rica? Do you know how many U.S.-based businesses are in Panama, Costa Rica, and Honduras right now? Tons. So we need a wall. And it's not just that. It's not just to keep them out from the internal collapse, but to also protect us from future wars that are to come again that Chinese wall is massive think about when they built it and why they built it to create a physical barrier and like President Trump said and like I've been saying for months now you can't reinvent things it's not like you can reinvent fire or the wheel the wall has always been a barrier even in nature walls like physical barriers deter Parasites, like fungi. Seriously, like physical barriers are literally the best deterrence. What are they going to use, drones? How are you going to stop people from coming through with a drone? Unless you're, you expect to shoot them, you know, and kill them. 
I seriously believe that people in our nation are really dumb. And, you know, Google, go to YouTube and say Americans are dumb. You'll find a lot of videos that'll, that foreigners collate and put together that actually makes us look really, really dumb. And yesterday, uh, President Trump tweeted about ambassadors not being confirmed. And if you read the thread of comments, you just realize how dumb people are. They're like, you can't appoint people in your cabinet yet, and you've been two years in. You think we'd allow you to appoint ambassadors? And it's like, um, he's not appointing them. Other countries are. We just need to get them confirmed and checked. So they don't even know what they're talking about. These are people that vote and chime in that have no idea what they're talking about. And the thing is, people like and retweet it and restate the same thing. Oh, my God, he wants to, like, appoint all these ambassadors. And it's like he doesn't want to appoint anyone. The other countries need their own ambassadors to be appointed. Like, what? You see comments like this, and and you just realize just how much in trouble we are. And that's if they're real comments. And... You can tell if they respond to you. If they don't respond, they're usually bots. I had one response said, read it again. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to reread the fact that you said that he shouldn't be appointing anyone. Oh, and speaking of corrupt people, uh, Brennan decided to tweet yesterday. He said, it's my sincere hope that the forthcoming exposure of your malfeasance and corruption will convince enough Republicans to abandon you in 2019. We have had enough of your whining from the White House. We need an actual leader. Our new nation's future is at stake. Really? You're going to call it whining? Whining? That you're taking advantage of the citizens that you're supposed to serve? Whining that kids and women go missing every day and nobody cares? Whining that, you know, you have been using NGOs to take over portions of other people's property across the globe whining that an American citizen has to work three jobs and still can't make ends meet. That's whining, whining that we don't trust our government that you destroyed. Really? I think he's going to look stellar in orange. And like I said, we have to have patience for that. And I I believe that most of these arrests are going to happen in the later part of 2019 because a lot of them are are still going through litigation. And a lot of things are being filed today, you know, new laws and all. Makes you wonder, right, just how shameless they are, like fake Ahanas wants to run for president. She's exploring. Like, how are you exploring? You got your job where you are because you lied and said that you're Native American and you're like one 1,000th and 24th part Native. How does that qualify you to state that you're Native American? Why would people vote for you? You're fake. Oh, let me guess, because you have a vagina. Then we have Angelina Jolie. Oh, you know, I'm thinking of running really you who has who had the first biological child with Brad Pitt, who was a homewrecker, by the way, right? Because he was already married before her. But anyway, homewrecker has a child with him, and that child uh, is pro- doesn't know what gender they are either. Brad Pitt ran as far away from her as possible. Red flag right there, especially when you have all these kids with that person. She's insane. She's hot, super hot like super, super hot, whereas, yeah, super hot. But 
no way, presidential material. She is insane. What else are we going to see? I actually think that, uh, you know, Michael, Michelle, whatever you want to call him, her, uh, will be running. It'll be fun. Because they don't control the internet yet. There'll be a lot out there. And the mainstream media, it's only a matter of time before a lot of them go broke. I mean, the ratings for 2018 for CNN were 45% down. NBC needs to go. I mean, they have that dude, Matto, talking all the time. I can't even tune into non-news of NBC anymore because it makes my skin crawl more than CNN. See, CNN, they were always clowns. They were always making stuff up. You know, we're talking from, from the nineties, right? You knew that they were BSing with green screens of being in hurricanes and war zones. And there were green screens. You caught them sometimes live doing it. Cause you know, technology wasn't stellar back then. You could see stuff and be like, what, 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 how'd that happen? They're reporting. Like I, I remember a report. I was a, I was a kid, and I remember a report that they were, like, in New York um, uh, because there was some shooting or something, and, you know, they were really close up in the camera. And I was sitting in front of the TV, and I was with my father, and I was like, oh, do we really have to watch this? The Smurfs are on. And he's like, just just wait. I just want to see what's going on. And then, you know, I see, you know, Jimmy, this old dude, you know, go by her with the cane, you know, where she was reporting. So totally up close, right? You can't really see a lot, but you hear from the cars or whatever that it's Manhattan. And I was like, hey, that's Jimmy. And he's like, what? And that was Jimmy from a, which used to always go to Niles restaurant. He would leave his apartment and literally walk over there. And he's the one that I used to play with the lobsters in the tank with as a kid. And I was like, we, we knew Jimmy was a hermit. Jimmy doesn't walk around. You know, Jimmy like takes his cane from one place to another. It just so happened that I saw him, you know, because he was like right behind the person's face. You could hardly see. It was like, but you could see Jimmy like his hat and, you know, his, his cane, right? You could see him. He was like through her neck. You could see him. And I was like, wait a minute. She, she's, she's like right by Niles. And I was like, but that's not where the shooting happened. Didn't she say that it was like up by the Bronx? I was like, unless Jimmy <laughs> decided, you know, he's no longer agoraphobic, you know, that's a big, and me and my dad chuckled and I was like, wow, they really like make stuff up. And we laughed and we're like, he was like, maybe there wasn't even a shooting. And I was like, maybe, you know, and I was a little kid watching the Smurfs, you know, it's like Saturday, you want to watch the Smurfs, right? That was like the plan as a kid, watch the Smurfs. And, you know, I'd come into the living room and take over the big screen TV as my dad's watching the news <laughs> and you see Jimmy you know, who's agoraphobic, who literally comes out of his apartment building and walks over like three storefronts to go into Niall's restaurant and just stay there all day, drink and eat like he'd spend all his money there. And he was pretty well off. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is how fake fake news is. Super fake.
And this is all they do is they repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat until you listen to them and abide by what they tell you and accept it as truth. Because there's so many people that will tell you, well, it has to be true if so many people are saying it. And if it's being repeated constantly, it has to be true. No, it doesn't. It does not. But it's the way you can condition yourself to believe something to be true, right? Condition yourself. It's kind of like saying, I'm the best. You know, you say that to yourself 20 times a day for like two weeks, man, you're going to be thinking you're like not only the best, you're the best of the bestest. Because that's the way you condition your mind to think a certain way. This is what they're doing. They're telling you what to think, telling you where to focus on and not pay attention to what's actually going on. So if Brennan says, says that he's been, you know, he's uh, a problem, that he's corrupt, then, you know, if he says it a lot of times, then everyone's going to believe it at some point, right? That's the way it usually goes. <clears throat> you know, I don't know if any of you actually watched the ball drop yesterday. I could not. There was no way... I would even think about seeing it. The fact that Anderson Cooper was on there and apparently he was crying and tearing up. I, I've just been seeing tweets about it. I, I wouldn't even see it because it's the most, I would say it's a pony show, right? Of these people putting people into a trance through Hollywood. They've lost that power. They have that power in the 80s and 90s, maybe the early thousands, but they lost that power now. It's gone. Nobody cares about Hollywood. Nobody cares about the stars. Nobody cares about you, period. We care about ourselves and our children, and thank you, Donald Trump, for doing that. And hopefully in 2019, people stick by it. I see it. I believe it. I understand it. I believe it. If I don't understand it, you're just telling me, just, just trust me. This is it. No, I'm not. We have to question everything. You have to question everything. Because the biggest war that we're fighting, no one's really talking about. Only the president is, and he can't even explain to you just how big a scale it is. Because once you conceive the idea that the most vulnerable portion of you is on a database being analyzed to create one of the biggest weapons against all of mankind, because the Chinese have always been about what? Being the biggest empire. I mean, it's a cultural thing. We can't fault them for it. I mean, we can, but we can't. no, we can't. They've been around here way before. While people, you know, like the Greeks and the Chinese were, you know, eating steaks at restaurants and had toilets, the rest of the world was swinging from trees. The British were picking ticks out of each other's hair. These people have existed for eons, okay? We can't sit there and change their ways. But what we can do is help them find new ways to channel that cultural nuance, I guess. And that's what President Trump is doing. And this cabal isn't helping because, you know, they've just realized that they're, minim they're, they're not the biggest actual threat to everybody, right? Everybody, th the leaders of the world know who the big threat is. And leaders is not the allies, right? We're not talking about the United Kingdom and France and Germany. You know, we're not talking about this rising Third Reich that everyone's welcoming, right? We're talking about countries that actually have some presence. We're talking about, you know, Russia. We're talking about Japan. We're talking about even Australia figured it out. They're figuring it out. Argentina, Brazil, they're all figuring it out, all of them. 
So they understand what the biggest threat is. He's trying to convey it to us because he keeps talking about intellectual property. And, you know, why hasn't any talking head explained, you know, intellectual property, what they're talking about is actually you. Every time you shop, speak, say, okay, Google, listen to this, that, pick up your phone, text, you know, everything is compiled in a database so they can understand and predict what you're going to do. Like from the day, you know, if I can collect data on you for one week, you know, how we voluntarily do it with iWatches, you know, and Fitbits and stuff, right? I can probably predict where you're going today with actual precision, even though it's a holiday. So it's an exception to your daily routine. Because there's math problems for that. So that's the biggest threat. The cabal is just the the dumb person that thinks they're smart. That's it. That's how we should label them. The the jock. You know the jock, you know, in school, the jock that was like super big and bad and made people whip them into place, rape people if they wanted to, you know. I mean that's exaggerating, but they are doing that. So rape, murder humiliation, you're a loser, throwing food at you, whatever, right? That's who the cabal is. And they think that the little Chinese man sitting in the corner that doesn't talk with the pocket protector, sitting on his computer collecting all their data, isn't a threat. Because they're busy dominating you and I. And they think, well... Once I've dominated Tori and everybody else, and they fall in line, rank and file behind me, I can then take out that little Chinaman in the corner with his computer, creating all these algorithms and predictive algorithms about me. No, you won't, because you're also part of that database. You're still using cell phones. You're on the internet. You're tweeting. You're talking. You're walking in the streets, and there's CCTV. You're using cars that are automated. You are using Fitbit, iWatches, medical equipment. You go to the doctor. Now we have EMRs on the cloud. You know, all that. You have a fridge, don't you? You need the latest one. You have a washing machine. You have a stove. You have a coffee maker. They have all your stuff, too. And this is where I go back to how the president is taking out this cabal. They use those weapons of firing. They're firing those weapons at us and our vulnerabilities using our AI to manipulate us with sock puppets and bots and, you know, the news and feeding us through mainstream media so they can make us kneel down to them. This is what the cabal is doing. But the cabal doesn't realize that the guy sitting in the corner out in the Far East is collecting the same equipment, but he's going to make a mass weapon for every single person because the data that he has is insane. It's coming from Europe, the U.S., Africa, South America, and Australia. He's compiling it into one database. There are actual programs that can find links where you can't apparently see one. You know, patterns. What I say is my superpower. I say my superpower is seeing patterns. I mean, the U.S. Navy thought I had a great knack for patterns. That's why they they found me in the embassy when I was renewing my passport on vacation to take an, an ASVAB and say, hey, want to join the military? You know, they just came out of the blue and hired me because they knew that I had a knack for patterns. I mean, <laughs> bottom line is I'm part of their record files. I mean, how many 12-year-olds go to John Hopkins? Not many of them for math and, you know, statistics. That's my superpower. I could do that stuff in my sleep. But these people are growing a program that will, with the click of a button, compile data from billions of people around the world with billions of aspects to create one predictive model so they can figure out how to take us down. And the cabal, for some reason, 
thinks that they're smarter than them. Because they believe we're stronger in numbers. Yeah, we are stronger in numbers. But the numbers have to like you. See, this is why Trump is strong. Because President Trump has people behind him that like him. That follow him because they want to follow him. You can't force people to follow your ideology. You can't force people to like you when you suicide them, make them disappear, and treat them like they're lower-class citizens. That's the difference. I don't think the Democrats are getting this. And Brennan, you're, you know, chest-beating, asking Republicans to, you know, fall away from President Trump. Don't worry. If they fall away, we'll just slot another one in there. We'll make them resign rather than commit, you know, than, than cause actual damage. Because that's the little fight, in, in which looks extraordinary for us. But there's a bigger fight on top of that. So I want you guys to keep that in mind. And after the break, we'll talk about our vice admiral that got a bout of suicide. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. 855-700-2978. That's 855- 729-78. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. So, wow, an hour and a half went by really quickly, and I didn't even touch base on the resignations. I think it's more important for us starting the year to kind of um, shift our point of views because that's how we see things differently. I, you know, no secret. My point of view changes all the time, though my, my foundations remain the same, and that's what's important, that we maintain course. We maintain our foundations, but always shift our point of view. Make it fresh. It's kind of like reorganizing your bedroom. Uh, same furniture, but just replace it somewhere else, and it gives you a different feeling, right? So, again, like I said on yesterday's show, we were going to have a lot of last-minute resignations. We saw a lot of them across the globe from huge NGOs down to small companies, big companies. But the most important ones for us to pay attention to was the resignation of Miss White as spokesperson for the Pentagon. And uh, she was one of the top spokespersons for the Pentagon. And um, – the two uh, people that resigned uh, from the Vatican. And uh, that is very, very important. Um, Greg Burke and his actual, you know, deputy, uh, Paloma Ovejero, or Paloma Garcia, however you want to call it, actually resigned yesterday. Pretty pretty last-minute-ish-ish, too, because considering they're in Italy and it was published here, uh, you know, at 5 a.m. our time, uh, that would mean that um, well, 5 a.m. Central Time, so that would mean plus eight. So they did it around noonish. They submitted their reg- resignation around noon Italy time. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal. And he said that the, you know there's a transition for Vatican communications on his tweet. He joined the Vatican in 2012, and he said the pre- the experience has been fascinating to say at least. Thank you, Pope Francis. And, you know, he was a former TV correspondent in Rome for Fox. Um, uh, He worked for the Vatican again since 2012, worked on communications. And then he was named uh, the deputy in 2015 um, and then became the spokesman in 2016 and had Paloma become his uh, deputy. So, and remember, you know, for the Vatican, it was a big deal. And I don't know if any of you have been to the Vatican. Let me hiatus here. Uh, The first time I went to Rome as an adult, um, I actually went for the sales. July is like Saldi time, right? I went by myself with cash. (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to enjoy myself. And um, I went shopping during the sales, uh, got my hair done at a place called Dolly's. Uh, it's a very boutique place. And for that time, which was what, uh, I would say 19, 1999, I paid about 
350 euros to do my hair and my hair did not look good okay not look good um, I always went after that. My go-to place in the whole world is Tony and Guy's Liverpool Street train station, believe it or not, in London. But anyway, that was a lot of money, okay? For for 1999, about 350 euros, which is uh, just under $600, right? 600 US dollars. Or, well, now with the dollar being a little bit stronger, we'd say $500. For 1999 to get a haircut, that's a lot. But hey, I was I was game. I'd bought myself a fur coat, I, real fur, because I'm not into that whole, oh, don't kill animals. Well, you know, that fur that was used was bunny fur, and we do eat rabbits and in the Mediterranean a lot, so I'm, I'm fine with that anyway so fur coat brand new uh bardo gucci bag and so much money later i decided the next day i was going to head to the vatican and for some reason the first time i went there well many times that i went there before as a child i didn't know that you had to have your passport because obviously my parents would deal with it or my aunts or whoever i was with at the time uh so I literally went there and they sent me away because I needed a passport. I had to get stamped to enter the Vatican. Oh, which, by the way, is protected by a big, beautiful wall, okay? Because my hotel actually ran along the wall of the Vatican. Um, so I decided to stop off at Piazza di Popolo, have a nice little cup of coffee, smoke a couple cigarettes, go back to my hotel and go. So just so you know, the Vatican is like a separate country for those of you that don't, because a lot of people don't realize that you literally need a passport to get in there. Uh, You're not allowed to take pictures, but I had a disposable camera and I was just taking pictures everywhere without the flash. I actually put tape on it. (laughs) So grainy photos, but I got some. Um, And I'm actually saying that there's a statute of limitations, right? Or I could just deny and say that I lied about that, right? Because I just did that on air. (laughs) brutal honesty but anyway just so you understand i can tell you that when i was in rome that one time and i was all by myself no boyfriends no uh, friends just me i wanted to enjoy it the two places that i felt not happy at was the vatican and the Colosseum. So, you know, it's just like, I'm not fruity, okay? I'm not a spiritual person. I, I mean, I am. I'm very religious. I'm Greek Orthodox. I say it again and again. Um, but I felt um, just really, really, I don't know. It was just off. You know how when you walk into a room and you could feel the tension, you could cut it with a knife? Kind of like that, but evil, right? And you would think in a place of the Vatican where it's supposed to be holy, it felt really, really creepy, so why am I saying this? Well, here's the thing. Burke became the, the, the deputy spokesperson in 2015 and then moved up in 2016. And remember, Fox News has always been known to be conservative. Um, and it's kind of like it makes me think and speculate with, with no reason to, right, because I don't know Burke. Okay, I don't know him at all. But it makes me think that the timeliness of him resigning and this huge attack on the Catholic Church and the Vatican for pedophilia and promoting pedophilia, and not only pedophilia, we're talking pedovores. And and that's like another whole scale thing where people put on a tinfoil hat saying conspiracy theorists. But, you know, is it really a conspiracy if it's true? You know, I'm just saying. So, you know, the... The fact that he resigned so abruptly and so quickly with all these new allegations that are coming to light in the next couple of days, and that's a hint, um, leads me to believe that they 
probably and maybe uh, with merit and meritless. You know, it could be warranted that they fired him because they thought he may have been providing information in regards to the Vatican. I don't know. Uh, I don't think so, but maybe he did, and that would be pretty cool. Whoever's fighting for children that can't speak for themselves, who are our future, I'm game, man. I will throw myself in front of a bullet for you if you're that kind of champ because that's what everybody should be doing. But this was very telling for me, and I have friends that are um, in Italy that I've been in contact with. Uh, Apparently a lot is going on in Italy, especially uh, from the Italian Uh, Vatican relations, they're not really good, Uh, and it has to go down to uh, pedophilia, pedivores, and um, the vaccines. So there's like a, we're going to see something huge coming out of Italy in 2019. Uh, There's a lot of um, chatter about that. Uh, So, you know, remember that um, the allegations that we have, aside from, you know, Pennsylvania cracking down on it, because we've got other states filled with this too. Even the state of North Dakota is riddled with it and people have no idea. But the allegations specifically against McCarrick were, were such that not only did he rape and molest children, but he continually, you know, took a liking to one specific child. And over a period of years, um, and when the kid would go for confession, would rape and molest them. And the fact that the Pope knew about it and didn't really do anything about it is kind of like, whoa, you know? Uh, so I, I think we're going to hear a lot about that. That was a very important coupled resignation and very, um, you know, just sudden. I, You know, it would have happened before. But closing this episode today, um, obviously giving you a different perspective so you can see the levels of of war because kind of like our lives, we're fighting battlefronts, you know, paying bills, taking care of kids, doing our job, walking that fine line of falling into social norms. Those are little battles we could say that we do on a daily basis. I just wanted you walking into 2019 with eyes open so you can see that the battles that our president is fighting on our behalf are all interconnected, but all have levels of severity. And the most severe one right now is China. So anyone out there that's a farmer or affected with any of these, you know, trade, you know, deals, these uh, tariffs, some stick by the man because the fight is so huge and you know, he's really trying, you know, you, uh, our farmers are supposedly the most conservative, but they advocated for like, you know, a socialist, a socialist type package, uh, to help them through, which is ironic. But anyway, I just want those people that are affected by it to kind of understand because we are seeing movement. We're seeing Apple, uh, Microsoft and, um, other big tech companies announce expansion of their, uh, businesses, uh, creating more campuses as we know. So closing off me being in the Navy, right? Having been in there, um, I wanted to talk about Vice Admiral Scott Sterney. So he was 58 years old, um, until December 1st of this year. And he was so fit that he could bench press me. Okay. This guy was super fit. Like the way 
you know, Judicial Watch is fitting is every time he drops a FOIA, he, like, builds up more muscle, right? Well, this vice admiral was that guy, big family guy. He, um... He comes from Chicago, uh, went to school there, uh, got a degree in, like, economics and then commissioned. He was a Navy pilot, um, did a lot of tours everywhere, served in Afghanistan um, as the chief joint of uh, uh, Task Force 435 and then the Joint Integrity Task Force of 435. Because a lot of people don't know that the Navy um, does do a lot of land stuff. (laughs) Um, you know, he was actually the commander of the Navy Warfare Development Command. Um, great guy. Um, and he was actually quite humble, even though, uh, word on the street is, you know, to his subordinates, a bit of a prick. Um, it was only because he was doing his job. Now, he was in Bahrain, head of the 5th Fleet, between May and December 1st of this year. Right, uh, he was a uh, U.S. Naval Forces Central Command, based out of Bahrain. And like I said, he was a square guy. He was super chill, but you know, a little bit pricky when people didn't do their job. Right? He he wanted people to do their job. Uh, that's the kind of man he is. Um, you know, he was also um, he was on the the Washington at one point in the Eisenhower. Anyway, uh, he's a really good guy. It was a really good guy because here's the thing. He got a bout of suicide, right? And that didn't get much attention. He was found dead in Bahrain. And then, you know, they said, oh, there was no foul play suspected in the case. And it's like, how does this super fit, super smart, 58-year-old guy, so accomplished, and he does not look 58, you know? Like I said, uh, he could pump, bench press me, like maybe on one hand and maybe with only two fingers. Like he was super fit, always about life, always about the plan, and he was just assigned to head that area in May of 2018, right? So do the math, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. He didn't even make his seventh month mark and he committed suicide in Bahrain. So, you know, um, the fifth fleet obviously devastated, right? Because he was like head honcho for it. And, um, you know, all they said was he was a decorative Navy, a Naval warrior. The Admiral, Admiral Richardson said, uh, his statement was at this time, no foul play is suspected. And he said that the Naval Criminal Investigative Service and the Bahraini Interior Ministry were cooperating on the investigation. Uh, This is, you know, from December 1st. Think about this. We have our most... uh, He was going places, man. He would have been way up there. I could have seen him sitting right by President Trump because he had that face. You know, I, it's circling back to Saigonomy, right? Because I've said this, you know, your face tells a lot about you. Not just the facial expressions you make, like if you like something or if you don't, you cringe. But your facial, 
um, features literally depict genetic qualities you have, kind of like your eyes are blue because your genes say they should be blue. And there has been extensive research, and you know, it's not allowed mainstream, but I can almost guarantee you the government uses this, and facial recognition programs do too because they have facial recognition programs now that can calculate how much of a terrorist or criminal you are just by your facial features. Well, this guy, if you actually look at him, he looks super cutie like super mm, that sounds really weird but he seems kind to the core it's kind of like um congressman kramer that's now senator kramer as of tomorrow i think he swears in so uh it's kind of like him they have this face that um indicates uh, a moral compass for me I see it. I register that. I'm not the algorithm, but, you know, I may or may not have had training in this. But it, it shows that they have moral values. And you could see that from his family and the way he acted, you know, in uniform and how he performed his duties. I could have seen him standing by our president. But, you know, he got suicided. It's really incredible how underreported this went and how we may never find out what really happened. But this isn't like your average Joe. This is the vice admiral that was just appointed to head, you know, the U.S. Naval Forces Central Command, okay? This is a big deal that he's got this spot there. In Bahrain, and suddenly commit suicide out of nowhere. I'm pretty sure that the president is on top of this, but you know, he does have a very broken judicial system. He has a broken law enforcement system and a broken intelligence system, and obviously, from what we see, a broken defense system. Because not only Mattis immediately resigned, but so did, you know, the Pentagon spokesperson. Speaking of that, we now, you know, obviously have uh, Acting Defense Secretary, uh, Secretary Defense Patrick uh, Shanahan as of today. And that was announced by um, Summers, who's the chief uh, Pentagon spokesperson now, um, because uh, Ms. White exited. So, you know, he, um, in his statement, uh, was pretty clear on the direction he said uh, that he wants to focus on safeguarding our nation and he looks forward to working with the president with strong leaders the joint chiefs of staff and combatant commanders and senior personnel he looks forward to working with them you know it was a pretty benign Statement, But again, looking at his picture, he doesn't look like, you know, you have to think about it, okay? When I say these things that he doesn't look like this, think about movies, right? When they cast criminals, when they cast the evil guy, when they cast the guy you just love to hate, you know, kind of like Joffrey, uh, for those of you that watch Game of Thrones, how many of you actually celebrated his death? It felt so bad to say I was so happy that he died, and he died miserably choking, uh, you know? But they, there's just certain characters that they just look like the villains, right? They just do. They do. James Woods is 
pretty good villain, but he's also one of the best ones to play mushy parts, right? The really mushy big bear, big bad bear parts, right? This guy looks like a team player, and from the sounds of things and the way he's um his career has gone, it seems that he's 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 very meek, which is good. And um pretty pro American. I haven't heard anything or seen anything to say, you know, maybe he's a bit prickish here or something like that. But, um, you know, people can prick and prod you in different ways, kind of like the vice admiral, um, but he would only do it to slackers and um, people that weren't uh, clear on commands, especially in Afghanistan. That's where he got that um, kind of shaping. But the thing is, his square prickly way of doing things got things done correctly and in turn saved lives so why am i talking about this vice admiral right you'd be like well you know you never just talk about people if there's nothing important kind of like i was talking about chief justice roberts four weeks ago again i've been talking about him all of december and now he's coming to the forefront suddenly um because this is going to be something important you know we might see it play down in court what I hear that we may see this play out in court it's going to be um, a bit of a ride uh, This uh, the first two weeks of 2019 will be a little bit insane uh, we're going to see panic and we already have started seeing it from the mainstream media and the cabal they will come out with full force The only thing we can do as people, as citizens, is not to be told what to think. And I say it again, and I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm only here to tell you to think. And you can um, take what I tell you at face value. You can fact check it because, you know, I always encourage people to fact check things. Um, and, And hopefully at least make you think. Because it's very important that we pay attention to what story they're not telling us. Kind of like the Chinese story. None of them told us about that, right? None of them talked about it. I mean, they kind of talked about the fact that they have the social scoring system and how they control their citizens. But they didn't talk about how our data, our wants, our needs, our searches, our habits, our records, and this is why the Chinese kept hacking us, are coming in. To us, you know what's um, super awesome? Just thought I'd say um, that our president, since yesterday, well, he's been working tirelessly, as you know, he's been at the Oval Office, has been telling us what's most important here. Ooh, and look what he tweeted out just three hours ago. General, in air quotes, McChrystal. We talked about him, right? Remember when I talked about General McChrystal? Remember that? And General Flynn, he says, General, in the air quotes, McChrystal, got fired like a dog by Obama. Last assignment, a total bust. Known for big, dumb mouth. A Hillary lover. Huh. I think I kind of said that, too. I said I felt bad for the way he was fired, but I also said how he loved to use the middle finger and how he loathed, you know, those above him and how he loved it. I mean, hey, the episode is uploaded. I'm pretty sure. I hope it's not one of those my media wasn't working. But I talked about it. Now he's coming to the forefront 
here's a hint what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So remember, we already talked about McChrystal. I think the news, the mainstream media needs to play a little bit catch up, right? <laughs> because uh, President Trump, when he tweets and he tells us things, it's because it's already been done. Yeah, it's done. It's, we're past it. What he is tweeting about for the past days is borders. We need that wall. We need that protection. It is important for us to have security, to feel safe. Just like it's important that the locks on your doors work, that the fence around your house is solid, this wall is necessary for us. In order to be able to maintain peace within our borders, in order for us to rebuild what they've destroyed, which is the law and order, and eradicate corruption, we first have to keep our borders correct and solid. Because it may be that, you know, an attack may not come in the form of AI now because it's not ready yet. I mean, it would be kind of not worth it. You know, it's kind of like when you take antibiotics against a bacterial infection. If you don't take the whole course and annihilate it, then there's resistance. So if any attack of that nature was to come at us now, we might build a resistance because we'd learn what algorithms they're using. So, you know, those, those are kept pretty close to the chest. So we won't see anything like that, but we can see physical violations of our national security, uh, not on the intangible scale, but the physical. Please remember that in 2019, we, we are coming in with a strong local domestic economy, right? Because we have jobs. Even though the global economy and the markets will crash, these big companies will lose a lot of money. Nevertheless, we are going to be fine. The cabal has a problem, not us. And keep that in mind going forward. Look at all these changes globally. I want you to keep that in mind going forward. Because going forward now is where the prelude has happened. He's set us up. He sorted us out. He got us ready for this. And now it's a rollout. The next two years is just the rollout. The rollout to implementing law and order. As 2018 left us with building these foundations to make America great again, 2019, upon being completed, will be all about keeping America great in 2020. So we're in for a ride. Have a great evening. Happy New Year.